Hi, I'm Matt Falk, coming at you from Hadi Da Studio. Welcome to Past, Present, Future, the only podcast in the universe that dares to appease the ghosts of comedy past, comedy present, <laughs> and comedy yet to come. My guest today is National Geographic's Outback Wrangler and the star of Netflix hit show Wild Croc Territory. <laughs> Hang on. No, that... That's a different Matt Wright. That is uh, mattwright.com.au. Give me a second here. Sorry, buddy. All right. Oh, take your time. Take your time. This is a, a, a constant issue of mine. Got it now. Okay. My guest today was a writer for six seasons on the massive hit TV show This Hour Has 22 Minutes, where he was nominated for a Canadian Screen Award. His short film, Snowstorm Roulette, was nominated for Best International Short at the Austin Film Festival, and his comedy is insanely popular and insanely funny his comedy album existing is exhausting was even nominated for a freaking juno please welcome matt Wright. how are you matt i'm good having having been given that intro that is uh that is that is spectacular stuff well done lad well done well, well thank you sorry about that snafu there that was an unscripted uh snafu <laughs> that was it just happened to be amusing as well. Hey, so the first time we ever worked together was when we were both selected uh, for Homegrown at Just for Laughs. Don't I know it. That was a good time, wasn't it? The Homegrown Crocodile Hunters of Canada That's we were, right. yes. It was, so, we were, we okay. were the first homegrown group that ever combined crocodile hunting with stand-up <laughs> comedy live on stage. It was cutting edge. It didn't work at all, but it was cutting edge. It was cutting edge in the sense that uh, someone was was... Cut. mauled by yeah. an alligator <laughs> that's right so if people don't know what's going on because this is something that i've only known about for like i think three or four years but yeah. my name is my name is matt Wright, which is okay but more importantly there's another matt Wright mm-hmm. who is like genuinely like probably from what i can see is the closest that australia now has to the crocodile hunter obviously yeah. will never be as big as steve Irwin because no you can't replace him yeah, no one's beating Gretzky's records. No one's touching Steve Irwin. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, like, I watch. I've watched a bunch of his stuff, and I do follow him. He's you have amazing. This oh yeah, for sure. Because I was, I was like, and I've often like joked that I was like, I just want to be the best Matt Wright I can be, and I think right. people see that as like an altruistic. Of like, oh, this guy just wants to work on himself, and that's that not is not the case at all. Not what you're saying. No. No. I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to destroy this man yeah. in Australia. Yeah. He is, and he's kept his distance, which is smart. But mm. until I overtake this man, I will not quit. And the day that I do, the day that I have one Instagram follower more than this crocodile hunter in Australia, yeah. mark my words, Matt Falk, you will never hear from me again. Okay, well, that's interesting. But I'm also trying to figure out, like, what, (laughs) how do you compare? Like, you can't do apples and oranges, right? So how do you compare crocodile hunting with comedy? How do you know who's more successful? Is it just Instagram followers? It's the same way as the industry does it, baby. Are your little internet numbers bigger? And Mm. if they are, you're better than me. Oh, boy. Matt Wright, this is so lovely to chat with you again. Um, And I I, I have so many questions that I want to get to, especially about, oh, boy. I I don't know if you can hear that or not, but... um, I think we're actually going to get our first visitation, so I'm going to have to wait a little bit to get into the questions. Here we are. Okay, okay. Hang on a second. I am the ghost of comedy past. Today I take you to your first time performing stand-up comedy. 
All right. So, Matt, uh, the ghost of comedy past has taken us to the first time you've ever performed stand-up comedy. So I can I can see what's happening in front of us, but can you tell the listeners where this ghost has taken us and what's going on right now in front of us? I have a, a first question, if I may, which is, yeah. can I ask the ghost a question? Sure. It's a bit unorthodox, but you can. Well, what happened to you? How did you die, ghost? It involves a small outhouse in the 1700s, back when they were first being invented. Wow. I will say I would feel a little bit more comfortable if I had some more details about how one dies in an outhouse in the late 1700s. He's he's not he's shaking his head. He's not giving any more details. Okay. I though from what I know from him, uh, I think he might mean die like as in on stage because I think he was a performer at one point. So, oh, so it, he died performing in an outhouse. Is this true? <laughs> can can you can you acknowledge that at least ghost of comedy past? You're getting warmer. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's I think that's all we're gonna get from him. But uh, I think can, so. But I was curious. You can't you can't help me from being curious. This is true. So tell tell us what are we looking at right now? We're here standing at the first time you've ever performed stand-up comedy. So where are we? Uh Yuck Yucks in St. John's. Wow. Which has since closed and was at one point, because I want to give this place flowers as it does not exist anymore. It was the best, maybe the best yucks in the country. Certainly visually wow. the best yucks in the country. The Toronto main club obviously has a bit of magic to it, I guess. But it was just like a multi-tiered like cabaret setup. And it was... Yeah, it looks amazing. It was it was so beautiful. And I went there and I, I was accident i don't know if i knew this or not but it was a contest for like amateur comics okay and on my first time i was like i had entered in that i did not enter like i wasn't like i wanted to be in this contest i was just like i would like to try to do a set so you you didn't care about the contest you wanted to do stand-up and how much time did you do i did seven minutes wow okay and how did it go it was for a first time. It was quite good. It okay. was. Uh, do you if I you did talk- it now, I would be upset. Do, <laughs> oh, do I remember what I talk about? Yeah. What did you talk about? Well, that's a good question. So it's like, thank you. I feel like a lot of people have this, um, but the first time I did stand up, it was just like I was doing predominantly some anecdotes that I had done in real life. Right. That I just kind of tried them on stage. So all of that went well. And I think my natural, like, you know, I actually feel like people's first couple sets are not as bad as like their third or fourth. Like the first two people are like, Oh my word. That's beautiful observation. Because yes. the first one you're like, Oh my God, it's their first time. And people are like, Oh, that's amazing. Let's be supportive and then but the third or fourth time it's like oh god this person is actually trying to make something out of this which not everyone likes as much as the exuberance of a someone doing something unknown yes and how okay how old were you when you did this set i think it was like 23 23 okay so, so I, I was a little later i'm always really jealous of people who started i'm like i'm listening to seth rogan's book now and he was like i started in the womb and it's like oh my god okay <laughs> is seth with you that was incredible that was yeah. him. You're, that's yeah, the was. audiobook that you're playing? Okay. That was really <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, sorry. I hit play by accident. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Okay, because I, yeah, I started I started when I was 17, but here's the thing. Ah, I'm so mad at you. No, but don't be interested. I think, I think it's more sure. important where we are now. So I think, uh, but when I started when I was 17, what, uh, what was interesting was because I could form a sentence that sounded funny and people were like literally saying, he's a prodigy. Wow. 
Like that was that was actually a quote that I got. He's a prodigy. Someone called me uh, Ron James. I remember quoted him on my website. He called me a genius child. That was because I was so young and I was forming funny sentences. And then I remember distinctly hitting a wall. I was at the House of Comedy in the Mall of America. And I remember doing the same act that I was always doing about like literally about puberty and all that kind of stuff. And it just bombed. Oh, And I was like, oh, okay. I can't rely on being the young guy anymore. Now I actually have to be funny for real. And it took a, a while after that to, to find out how I was funny actually on my own. But so don't, don't envy it too much because 23 is, that, is a good age where people aren't, people aren't laughing just because, oh, he's young. They're laughing sure. like, you're funny. And it's also like your brain is almost actually formed when you're 23. Almost. Like, I wish I, I had started younger for chops, but I, I wouldn't say that I would be excited to hear my material from you. Like, even the stuff I listened to when I wrote when I was 23, I'm like, I don't like this man. <laughs> so, you know, I don't I, know. I, I, I think that's one of my things about stand-up that I, I really like is it's like, Every, all of my favorites, with the exception of like Hedberg, like mm-hmm. peaked at like 47, 48. Yes. Like, you ever, Matt, you ever thankful that you're not an athlete? Oh, my word. You know what Every I mean? You're like 26, day. and people are like, oh my God, he's almost dead. It's heroic yeah. that he's even here. Yeah. But, dude, don't you, don't you feel, oh, okay, I'm not the young guy anymore. And whatever, like, I, I hope, hope I have some momentum because I'm going to be riding it for a little bit. Or do, are you just fine? Well, that is that's a that's a great question. I have a bit of a complicated relationship with momentum. Um, almost all the good stuff that had happened to me that like would have been a career jump happened in the pandemic year. So I'm not really sure that I got the momentum that I might have uh, wanted. Anyway, I do remember being like a couple instances when I felt like that I'm not the quote unquote the the young guy. Yeah. So sometimes, like the last two years, I haven't written at 22 full-time, but I have gone back at the end of the season and done like six episodes or whatever. Oh, that's cool. And then, because there's like, there's people there and they're older than me. Yeah. But they've been doing that thing less time than I have. And I'm like, I'm old. So it's like my, my version of old actually has no idea with this. It's, it's not really like how old you are. It's like, how long have you been doing this thing? Like, and and then in a similar sense, I remember when I left Newfoundland for the first time for an extended period and they came back and there was all these new stand-ups. And I was like, oh my God, I wanted to be the little baby forever. And I will yeah. not, and it's just not an option. <laughs> but I, I see what you're saying too, how it's kind of relative age in our industry, because it really is about how long you've been doing it. And you you do have one of those faces that looks a little bit younger than it oh, actually that's is. That's so nice. Thank you. You had no super- idea how bad I needed to hear that today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, do you hear those bells? I do. I am the ghost of comedy present. Answer this. What are you working on now that excites you? Oh, that's a nice question. You know what's crazy? This is you're you're we're doing this at a very funny time because my direct plan right now, like, I'm gonna do another album next year. Good for you. Um and then going to do some touring. And, and But my plan right now is I'm going to take. Genuinely, I don't know how long, at le- like at least two weeks. And I'm just going to be like. 
what do I want to do now? Wow. You know, so like you, I you're, have, you're taking, you're taking a small, very short sabbatical. I think I'm coming up on 10 years, um, wow. doing stand up. Mm-hmm. And my plan was, I was like, okay, so the plan for the first 10 years is to try out a bunch of stuff and see what I will. And then when I hit 10 years, get a bit organized, focus up and figure out kind of where you want to be going for the rest of it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to pressure myself into having a plan because I didn't really know what I was good at yet or what I liked. I, I was, I was more aware of stuff I did not like, which is helpful to an extent, but. So right now you're going to, you're going to, you're going to take some time and focus and figure out what you want the next 10 years to look like. I am either, I, I hope I'm in the eye of the hurricane, uh, but I, I may be uh, taking a seat next to a cliff that I'll just fall off. Who's, who's to say? Um, There's no way of knowing but, right now. Oh, there never has been and there never will be. But uh, for now, I think it's just, I'm going to take some time and like let that marinate a little bit. But I have been leaning towards, in terms of doing stand-up, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. That of it does not run itself, but I've been doing enough of it that it doesn't take up as much mental space to do as it used to. I know what you mean. I don't know if this relates to you at all, but like I used to be a lot harder on myself about the amount of time I was I spent sitting and writing jokes. Mm. You know what I mean? And then eventually I was like, I write more jokes than most people I know but I do not spend a lot of time at a desk writing those jokes. Like my desk time is very yes. like yeah. email driven and you know, like all the boring admin stuff and yeah. all the, like my favorite jokes that I have are not jokes that I sat down and like wrote, you know, like with, with, mm. I think that for other styles of writing, that is the most important thing, but I think there's something about freedom that is more about like, uh, more of a catch and release system rather than a catch and release as in you're trying something out and if that works great we keep moving with it and if it doesn't work okay drop that or maybe tweak it a bit and then keep going well forward. exactly and i guess to kind of and, and and to add to that i would think that it's i do think it's more about listening and paying attention both to your thoughts and other people's thoughts and then just recording mm. them you know i think that mm. is 85 percent of it is just having that awareness of your own thoughts and what's going on around you and just like checking it and then periodically like get and and getting on stage a lot and just looking at what I have written and then being like all right let's just try this in the middle of my set to see if it's anything yeah and what's interesting about being aware of your own thoughts is that comedy is is a weird thing I'll just speak for myself I got into comedy as kind of a defense mechanism and then as a way, I think, of avoiding kind of my issues. Interesting. I've always been good, I think, I'm starting to realize this about myself, about avoiding pain in my own life. And comedy has kind of helped me oh, do Oh, I would that, agree with as that, in yeah. being funny. Okay, so kind of like, you know, I don't need to talk about it. I can make a little joke and then we're moving on, whatever. But the best kind of comedy comes when you are in the present moment, like you said, listening to your thoughts and focusing on that pain and like kind of thinking about it a little bit, not running away from it. And then really good stuff can show up. So comedy starts as this place to like, oh, it's fun and it gets sets me free. But then you realize if I want to get amazing at this, I have to face some of those things and 
then that's the only way I can actually grow. Yes, I would agree with that. And I also think that <laughs> that sucks. I think you're, I think yeah, you're it really right, does. but I don't, I don't enjoy it. I, although I will say like, it's interesting doing stand up at, you know, in your twenties and you're, and I'm in my mid thirties now. Cause it's like, you're also growing as a, as a man at the same time, I ideally, <laughs> so like, that's not the case for everyone, but I hope it is for me. Right. But I do remember like at the beginning, like, like this is a weird example, but I would get like, I would get anxious and then I would get armpit sweats. Yeah. And I remember being like terrified. I was like, if that ever happens to me on stage, I will unravel. Right. And then I remember actually it was Bobby Knopf. He's a comic from Toronto. He just mm -hmm. went on stage and he just literally raised his arms over his head and he had pit stains in both arms. And he was just like, I'm just going to address this right off the bat. And he like turned to show the both sides of the audience and then just went into his set. So there is part of it like it's a nice lesson from stand up that it's like just because you have to pay attention to your own pain and or insecurities and or whatever doesn't mean that it's bad necessarily because a lot That's of it is right. like, yeah, it sucks to sit in pain, but then on the side of it, you realize that you're like, Oh, this is nowhere near as bad as I thought it was. And it's kind of funny that I was exactly. ever worried about that at all. Exactly. And comedy is a really safe place to do that. And I remember the first time I, I stuck my gut out on stage, I stopped sucking in. And, right. you know, and, you know, the first, you know, even like talking about vulnerable things on stage, you know, really anything you realize in that moment, as the audience laughs with you, you go, oh, this isn't a monster. This thing is not a monster. It's I just thought it was. And it's comedy is a beautiful, safe place to kind of let that thing out and look at it for what it is. And when audiences laugh too, that usually means they're relating. So then you can kind of look at that and go, oh, maybe I'm not alone in my silly little fears. Oh, totally. Maybe I'm not alone in my insecurities. It's, it is a beautiful thing if we let it. it that, the, that's the, like you just said, if, if we let it. And it is letting it. You know what I mean? It's not, I think it's just, it's so normal to be like, want to approach things with like force. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Whether it's like, no, you yeah. kind of just got to let it. Let, let it, it happen, happen and watch it. I'm getting a post-it note from the ghost of comedy present and he wants clarification. So the thing you're working on now that you're most excited about is waiting. You're excited about waiting and seeing what, what the next 10 years holds, what, what your brain kind of comes up with in this time. That's of probably rest. a good way to button it up. I think what I'm looking forward to most is a, a is being a man who is more capable of sitting in nothing. So the some things that I, I choose to do are more aligned with what I actually like and how I spend my time. Hey, that is, that is a beautiful way of saying that. I absolutely love that. And this is perfect timing because I don't know if you can hear that, but here comes, here comes number three, baby. I am the ghost of comedy yet to come. Here we are at the thing you are most dreading in 2023 oh boy the thing you're most dreading in 2023 that's where he's just brought us where are we matt uh i mean I, I i hate to keep commenting on the ghost but the first two had a very similar almost welcoming tone to them and and, the, and something about the dread mm -hmm. of the future really 
I feel like I, yeah. I, I feel like I, Inspector Gadget is about to get wrecked right now. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely. I I did hear some Doctor Claw there as well. I'm going to be fully honest with you, but I I'm I'm also being told that for legal reasons that they're not affiliated. Okay. <laughs> Where are we right now, Matt? In the thing you're most dreading in 2023. Oh God. So sorry. No, it's okay. Here. It's a good question. I tell you something about my dread is that it is rarely specific. Wow. I I certainly have dread and I struggle with you know dread or whatever dread's anxious cousins, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But I have never been like I'm worried about this. I've always just been like right. everything good will unravel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or or like anything good people someone will eventually be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, never mind, that was a mistake." We meant for that for someone else. Our apologies. This award is supposed to go Correct. to somebody else. Okay, so it's a it's a vague it's a vague dread, and it's and maybe the, it's interesting that you're taking time right now to focus on the next ten years. So you know you're you're trying to push you're trying to push that dread away. I think you know it's funny uh, because I feel like we have already happened. Had, this has already happened with the pandemic, but maybe my biggest dread would be some type of world event, disease, war, climate. Etc. Something like that. I couldn't imagine. Screw stuff up so badly that what I'm working on is highly irrelevant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am hyper aware that like my, I feel like as anyone who works on any type of entertainment, it's like oh, my job is other people's rest. Yes. Isn't that a weird place to be? Undeniably so. And it's like, so the stuff that other people take seriously, like their real jobs and, you know, they're tucking in their shirts and going on to sit under their fluorescent lights or whatever people are doing nowadays. I don't know. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of silly. Um, that is like that to me. I'm like, oh, that I, I, I can't get, I, I remember sometimes I hear people complaining about their work issues. And I'm like, you guys just take all this too seriously. But then it's like all the stuff that they think is silly and light. I take that way too seriously. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting too. Yeah. The the flavor of this granola bar. This could be a bit. I'm thinking about this granola bar for hours. Why why am I thinking about it for hours? Yeah. And then your partner's like, hey, eat your granola bar. You're late for something. <laughs> As we enter the last five minutes of this interview, I am the ghosts brought us to these three places for a reason. They had something to teach you you know in the past they brought us to that beautiful yuck yucks in st john's that first time when you were 23 performing comedy and then they brought us to the present of you sitting and thinking and 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 pondering your future and then they brought us to that future this vague dread that that maybe anything that you're working on isn't going to mean anything because something terrible could happen what do you think the ghosts have been trying to teach you today that's a great question can i tell you can i tell you what what stood out to me oh i would love that okay when you first went to that Yuck Yucks in St. John, you, you didn't know that it was a competition. You went up there because you wanted to do stand-up comedy. And now, as you're pondering and trying to kind of like push away the dread, maybe there's something there. Not necessarily thinking about the competition, the work, the grind, but really focusing on what do I love? What do I actually want to be doing? I'm not here for a competition. I'm not here for a contest. I'm here for something that brings me joy. Hell yeah, ghosts. I don't know. I think that's dead on. 
You ever realize, you ever like Google, you're like, what should I do to feel nice or whatever? And it's always the mm-hmm. same. It's always like, get a little exercise and eat good food. And you're like, ah, it's got to be something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's probably more complicated. <laughs> you know, but it's, I don't think that it is. I think we're more complicated, but that isn't. So I think the answer is probably like, yeah, pay attention to what makes you feel good and to what makes you not feel good. Do more of the feel good stuff and avoid more of the feel bad stuff. Yeah, because I think oftentimes we get so caught up in our career because we have to do it all by ourselves as a stand up. Essentially, we're kind of we're we're pushing this thing forward on our own. But and it's yeah, I feel like a clown who missed the circus train every day of my life. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and and it can feel exhausting sometimes. But then at the same time, if we kind of there's times to think about the industry and the admin and all that kind of stuff. But there's also sometimes time and to just stop and rest and go okay what's what do I actually enjoy about this because the thing that you loved which is stand-up brought you this far in this 10 years starting from a place of of love and joy and excitement so you know maybe allow the next 10 years to be led by love joy and excitement too and I mean there's time for the work and the hustle and the grind and all that stuff and that can go together you're more mature now as a human you can combine those two things but not to neglect those those wonderful good feelings either you know that's that's it that's it you just nailed it and that's like i've literally talked about that in therapy before but Mm. while good things are happening i want to make sure that i'm enjoying them in fact and like the parts that i even said about like avoiding the bad stuff i don't even think that's possible and when something bad happens you sure do feel it so i think giving that same diligence to like this is cool this is fun i feel lucky that i'm able to do whatever it is I'm doing, frankly, like it is not to be corny, but it's a bit of a gift. So yeah. just honestly, just enjoy it more at a more leisurely pace. I think. Mm. That's really cool. Matt, Wright. How do people get a hold of you? How do they find out what you're up to next? Uh, I am on Instagram and TikTok, and I just got on TikTok actually. It's nice. A, Good for you. Thanks buddy. I'm uh they tell you if you're once you're 34, they're like, it's time for you to get a TikTok. It's uh, so yeah, and like mattwrightcomic.com, Matt Wright Comedy is my TikTok. I could not get Matt Wright Comic for uh, for TikTok, but Matt Wright Comic on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Don't follow me on Twitter; it's it's dying. Let's let's let yeah. it go. Um, <laughs> uh, and then on yeah, just find me on the internet, man. I don't know what I'll be working on, but I'll be putting out stuff about mid year. Dude, you are incredibly talented and a wonderful human being, and I can't wait to see what the next 10 years has uh, in store for you. All I know is that it's going to be very funny, it's going to be very insightful, and it's uh, it's going to be wonderful, and we look forward to seeing it. Thank you to my guest, Matt Wright. Thank you to the ghosts of comedy past, present, and future. And thank you to all of you for listening. Please, on your favorite podcast provider, would you leave us a review? Would you subscribe to us? That really goes a long way. I'm Matt Falk. Until next time, God bless us, everyone. (laughs) 